And there came a day unlike any other, where Earth's mightiest heroes were united against a common threat. On that day, the Avengers were born, to fight the foes no single hero could withstand. Welcome to the very last episode. The road! <laughs> yes. The road to infinity. Yes, the very last road to infinity war. Thank is, you, is both of you big fucking jackboots <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> on my you know what? It's, it's sad to know that something that's called the infinity war is going to end. Yeah. yeah. The it's road to infinity war. Oh, it shouldn't have this been the infinite road. Huh? Well, I mean, it's only the war that's infinite, not the road to uh, it. Ah, yes, yes. The infinite war. Imagine if there was an infinite road to war. It's like, well, then why are we worried? And who's still building it on the other side yeah. as it's we're like, traveling towards it? Could you stop, please? <laughs> it's probably the Friends of the Watchers all building bits and pieces. Yes, so I get that reference. <laughs> so, uh, yes, this is the spin-off series from your friends here at the Last King Podcast. For some reason, if you're listening to this outside of the usual Last King uh, channel, uh, how? How did you find this? Yeah, and because we're on exactly the same stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if anything. So, uh, this is our side spin-off kind of... Uh, Gaiden, uh, albeit uh, totally not wanting Avengers, to okay. Last King yeah. Podcast Gaiden. Yeah, there you go. We are definitely talking about uh, every single MC movie, kinda leading up to the inevitable, the inevitable juggernaut Infinity that is Infinity War. The Infinity War or Avengers semicolon Infinity War. Is that semicolon or colon? You know what? I'm a semi right now. So Aye. there you go. So Thanos finally dropping the gauntlet, and uh, you know what? I sh- uh, coming up a joke that we started last week. Yes, yeah. we sh- I should have retitled this the fisting to Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, w- right now I would say we're literally elbow deep into yeah. <laughs> Marvel and cinematic. just a bit, of, a bit more clenching. We might be able to go up to like shoulder deep. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ribbed for her pleasure. Anyway, got so over that. So you guys are really, really confused right now. So this is <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Shafik, and this is also eccentric Tom, and this is uh, yeah, Mr. Toffee right here. Okay, we're all comic book fans ish. Talking I? about. Well, you're we? starting. You're starting. I read like two comic books. No, we're not comic. You read the ones that met it. That's important. Yeah, the Killing Joke and uh, the Holy Story. Bible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an amazing. Oh, no, I also read Year One. <laughs> which was fine okay, okay but so anyway this is our spin-off series where we talk about every single Marvel Cinematic Universe movie in continuity since Iron Man 1 which came out almost a decade ago no in a decade ago a decade ago yeah okay hot off the Dark Knight yeah after that to be followed by the Captain America trilogy mm-hmm. trilogy and then the Thor trilogy yeah the, more like the Thor Snorogy yeah there you go <laughs> North Snor mythology yeah we go hey but now we're going to be talking about uh, the Avengers films themselves, okay? Yep. Groundbreaking works in cinematic excess and also hallmarks of the pop culture landscape because, you know what, as much as we, as much as I would shit on a lot of the Avengers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first Avengers movie has a very special place in my heart because, you know what, it, it's that moment when you would watch something like a Kevin Smith movie or you would watch a Steve Jobs presentation and you would like, we did it. We nerds have made a difference. And it's not just that. I would make it akin to watching Return of the King. 
Yeah, because the you know the the scene, you know the the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, which yeah. is this epic of a chapter in the Lord of the Rings original book, and then you see it on screen done justice, and you go, "Holy shit, we have managed to make something which we thought could never be made on the big screen work." And that was his trick. Tom turns the thing off into Lord of the Rings again. <laughs> Like it's just cra- yeah, it's just crazy that I would never uh, expect the Avengers to pull off what I mean, that's it That's exactly the same feeling yeah. because it's mm. the first film where we have Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, okay, Black Widow, Thor, Red Thor as well, Thor, you know, in the same screen. Hey, and don't forget, works. of course, you know, diversity casting Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned Black Widow. Whose special powers is uh, she punches and kicks really hard, and she has the power of electricity. That too, the no, teaser. She the also teaser. has superpower because remember when she jumps up and catches that thing going at 100 miles an hour and, and her arm doesn't get torn in half. Okay, that's a superpower. I'll give it that. Yeah. <laughs> And also uh, Jeremy Renner's character Hawkeye with the ability to to aim really well, <laughs> to do just uh, really good with the bow and arrow. Yeah. He has three sixty no scopes. Yeah, <laughs> very very well. The funny, funny thing, like people were actually questioning why he was in the Avengers. It turns out that he's the guy. He's a smart talker of the group in the comics. He's the guy who would make a deal with the devil and trick the devil. No joke. This is actually a comic story that happened you know which doesn't pop show up in anywhere in movies the MCU because, yeah, they don't show all. it in the movies unfortunately because and for half the movie he's under the spell of uh, Loki's spear exactly oh we're going yeah. straight into the first Avengers movie well, I'm just mentioning it he's yeah. supposedly the heart of the Avengers but you don't see that in the movies holy I mean, shit the only no thing to justify having a guy whose power is I can shoot a bow and arrow no so wait so you're not even relevant in today's military <laughs> age <laughs> guess what I think he has even more relevance to a guy like you because speaking of Lord of the Rings tangents yes I know he's called Legolas clench up Legolas yeah. yeah there you go so like yeah so I like the fact that the Avengers first movie also gives its little nods to other pop culture like uh, yeah. landmarks as well I mean yeah you have to admit because the thing is for the 70s and the 80s it was Star Wars absolutely and it just that, Star that Wars. was the juggernaut that like you know you know, kept paying the bills for Disney when they finally bought them over very recently apparently yeah, yeah. yeah. and then course, like, yeah. the 90s was what was the big the 90s yeah come on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, Lord of the Rings was Lord of the Rings 2000 plus. Really? Yeah. yeah. The first one came out in 2001. Hmm. The 90s would say, I won't say it's a complete mess in cinema Maybe, history. I would say, okay, maybe the original X-Men movies. That was 2000-ish. Really? Yeah, that yeah. was 2000-ish. So there wasn't there was really, really much I mean, the, 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 the only other thing I want to bring up is probably the prequels, but no. 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 <laughs> and also, that was also 1990, 2000. But you know what? If you want to talk about three. like pop culture defining movies that came out in the 90s, I mean, that was the era of the Quentin Tarantino and the Kevin Smith. Yeah, there we the go. The Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when the, the kind of, that voice at the back of the comic book shop finally puts his script on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have like, you know, film nerds like Quentin Tarantino just belching out everything the that stuff he's watched back in the 70s and yeah, 60s yeah like, I mean like all brought back to the 90s he's like you know especially for us being Asian people and seeing him reference like Shaw movies yep. you know like oh you know you know your kung fu sir oh, yeah. Done, sir. yeah I mean yeah that's the thing because like I'm struggling to try and remember what was the genre defining moment of the 90s that would like you know especially if like I want to say rom com like the teeni- teenage rom coms that was, was no, later like, nah not really stirring epic in the 90s which got your blood pumping Jurassic Park probably but I that was at one time that's one. it yeah. I mean yeah. maybe Terminator 2 Terminator that, yeah. that was at one time no, but yeah, like I said I, w- I wouldn't say there was anything that was of its time yeah. oh wait fuck 
What? The Matrix. Of course. They're yeah, late nineties. Our nerd shit. cards, yeah. sir. Yeah. Late nineties. That was late nineties. I mean, yeah. yeah. he's burst through the door and just like shoot us in the head. No, he won't. He's a nice guy. That's true. He's a very gentle. No, he'll say sorry afterwards. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it still promises Bill and Ted three and not pull it off. Yeah. But then again. Well, that's more uh, the other guy's problem. Alex Winter. Yeah. Mm. But did you see busy doing podcasts with Jonah Ray now? But they did release a set of photos for I think I can't remember. But if you go to the Bill and Ted Facebook group, there's pictures of Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter in the phone booth, and they're teasing it again. Oh, don't you? And would you stop like cock teasing us? But they yeah. can't because George Carlin is not around anymore. Yeah. The, uh, who, who's going to replace Rufus? No one is brave enough to replace mm. George Carlin. So anyway, this is a uh, Avengers the podcast. Road to <laughs> 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 Where we talk about yeah, time traveling hijinks of two. Well, now that we have all our pop culture cred out of the way, I mean, we're just pointing out that you know these are moments which we remember, which define and. And I would all argue that the Avengers is a culture-defining moment exactly. in yeah, cinema. Yeah, from 2008 up till now, basically. Yeah, this came out in 2012. I'm, I'm talking about like the MCU thing leading up to Avengers. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, but we're talking about the Avengers, which yeah. came out around 2012. I mean, yes. Aside from the fact there's a culmination of you know this grand experiment of the shared universe, you know, the first time where we have all these various superheroes, which are their own separate things. They work together where no one is left out. Everyone pulls their weight. Yep. And aside from that, it's a damn fun, good movie. Yes, I agree. I agree totally because the thing is, Avengers, as we were doing the research to, like, uh, you know, we, we watched all these movies. We did it's, our homework, it basically. It still holds up. <laughs> it you know? holds it up does. fantastically because it's not too much corny uh, fun times. And not too heavily reliant on you know references and on you know doing yeah your I agree with that point more because the thing is like when you watch the other Avengers movies like oh you need to do your homework first Absolutely. before you can enjoy any for of this. this I think Josh Sweden he built it in a way that yeah you can actually watch it without knowing these characters too much yeah self contained yeah, yeah self contained I, mean, I forced my dad to watch it and he's very anti comic movie he's you know one of those old fuddy duddy kind of guys about right. this particular thing and he enjoyed himself. He generally f- enjoyed it, this movie. He doesn't want to watch it again, but he enjoyed the movie. Yeah. That's that's enough victory, dude. Yeah. That's a victory. And I think also, like, I think the true victory of the Avengers film, it made Iron Man an A-tier hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because literally before Iron Man, okay, Iron Man, the first movie when it came out, is like he was still kind of a C-tier hero. Because not what, what a lot of people don't realize is that Iron Man, when it comes to the Oven, the official Avengers lore, yeah, he's nowhere near the kind of... Um, space he is as in, in the movies because yeah. he's like not as popular as the Hulk or or Captain America in even comics, Captain yeah. America who is yeah. probably the most vanilla of all exactly. the superheroes yeah. but like it's, it's nice to know that as they were making this movie like they took the strengths of the actors and the characters that they were portraying and also like on the strengths of their films mm-hmm. yeah. and he, they aligned them in a way that made sense to the film Absolutely. so what I also appreciate about the Avengers movie is because it took the one thing about comic books that has never been translated well which is the the way that how characters jump from book to book and storyline and storyline you know and how like so, there's so much of it for you to kind of like take in yeah. mm-hmm. and then like at the same time like it also treats the audience with a kind of respect like oh if you're not aware of certain things we're not gonna force all this necessary research on you yeah which is what they would do later unfortunately but watching the first Avengers movie and like you know what like even if you don't watch all the Incredible Hulk movies or read all the comic books 
you're aware of what he's about. Yeah. Because he yeah. has, he's pretty much like Mickey Mouse or pretty much like Mario, where like you just say the name and you get him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you say something like Captain America. Oh, he's like the American superhero. What's his powers? I think he's just really strong. Yeah. That's, well, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. he's strong. Good leader. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And extremely naive about world politics. <laughs> like America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, indeed, good guy to, good, best guy to lead the team. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And the thing is, right, it's very strange because it's like the original Avengers in themselves, right, were these were the books that were not selling well. Yeah. We're talking about the 1960s when, like, you know, their, their most famous team up was still Fantastic Four and then the X Men. Mm-hmm. And then they decided, like, okay, this Iron Man character, this Thor character, like, this Captain American character, these books are not selling well solo. What if we make another team and we call it the Avengers? Yeah, and, and that worked out pretty well. Yeah, it worked um, out pretty well. The yeah. thing is, the Avengers as an idea has like you know the longevity of it all. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about since World War Two, they've been around, right? Yeah, like, even yeah. earlier. And like, uh, and I also like the fact that you know what they kept it true, kinda to the core team. Like the only one who was missing was Ant Man, but they're shoehorning him in properly, right? Right uh, about yeah. yeah, yeah. So Ant Man was actually supposed to be the leader at some timelines here and there. Hank Pym, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah Hank Pym. Yeah. It's because they've chosen to go with Scott Lang instead, yeah. who you know isn't. It's because you've already got one smart, super genius guy. Like you've got we can't two. have two. You got Bruce Banner. Well, yeah. yeah. So having a third one is going to be you know like muscling for space. It and worked out in comics, not so much for you know well, yeah. that mo- 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 movie verse. I don't think Paul Rudd can pull off scientific. Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. he's a he's a fun guy to watch, but I can't buy him smart. Yeah, that's why they went for the rogue and man Scott Lang. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, agree. That, I, yeah. I agree with that casting choice more. So, like when the Avengers first came out, I think maybe I wanna like, go around the table and ask you guys like, uh, where was your headspace at when you watched this? Like, were you like a Marvel fan or were you part of that greater conversation or like even as a comic book fan or a non-comic book fan? What did this mean to you when you like when you watched it? Like to like for me. Uh, the the important thing is basically as a comic book fan and as like you know yeah nerd true and true it's like it was already amazing enough for me to get an X-Men movie yeah. and like X-Men 2 when that came out blew me away with how it was good s- how strong and how it took the character seriously yeah but then like even then I was cynical I was like they could never pull off an Avengers movie <laughs> <laughs> nobody would buy that this is the most unmarketable thing any like ever and it's like you know it's also strange to me, like, there's a Watchmen movie. One of the, ha- the hardest books to translate to any other medium. Yeah, and they uh, literally translated it. They literally translated it. It's like it. a frame-by-frame adaptation. Well, yeah. with some parts excised. Yeah. Two times already. Let's not have it for a yeah. third time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you okay. go. And then, of course, like, um, so, like, the fact that, yeah, I mean, it still kind of boggles. Not, it just blows me away knowing that there is an Avengers movie. Which we pulled works. it off yeah, in yeah. my lifetime. Yeah, it has a, what, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it's, th- it's, it's still certified good. fresh, still. Mm-hmm. And it works because the other previous films just made did a really good job building the structure while also being good standalone films on their own right. You think so? That yeah. this, this, I don't think the foundation of the previous films help do... I mean, it's basically, it's basically Iron Man 1, add Captain context, America, and Thor. Yeah. And there was the Hulk. I mean, we do yeah, but the Hulk yeah. doesn't really add to this. Everyone forget about the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a, it's a good, it's good popcorn fun. But it's like, the thing is, I think it's very strange when we have this conversation, and then like people think about all oh, all this legacy of the Avengers. Like, yeah, but the first movie was built off three movies. Yeah, three very unique and diverse movies, which didn't really. 
like, I don't know. I, the only thing that ties them together is that they are their origins in comic book movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and one is a John Favreau kind of, you know, ad lib kind of fun romp. Mm-hmm. You know, have a Joe Johnston epic. Yeah. They got you a Kenneth Branagh one. Trying to be Shakespearean. <laughs> Which kind of didn't work, but yeah. it's, you know. It worked just enough to make it watchable. Mm hmm. It worked just enough to be different in voice. Yeah. And then Joss Whedon, king of pop culture himself, the, the guy who gave us Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And tries to give us serenity. Yep. Try, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of that. But also, I like that film. And so I think you're, right. you're the person who saw it. It's so <laughs> nice to meet you. A lot of people saw that, sir. How dare you? But I mean, like, you're not a fan of. And here's, the, and here's the strange thing, right? Yeah. The thing is, like, I'm such a Joss Whedon fan that, like, as much as I was gonna like, re- did you also support Dollhouse at the time when it came out? I fucking supported Kevin uh, in the Woods when that oh, came out. Of course, and Kevin in the Woods came good. out before Avengers yeah. because, like, to me, that's the first time I was introduced to the actor that is Chris Hemsworth. Yes. And like, basically, I watched that movie because I heard it was a love letter to the Sam Raimi uh, Evil Dead classics. And like yeah, he he, he Joss Whedon is the kind of guy who will take a genre and turn it on its head. Yeah. Although he didn't direct that, he was just a producer. He was just a producer. I think exactly. it was Drew Goddard or something. Drew Goddard? Are you sure? A, no. a guy named Drew who <laughs> Drew Carey. No. Drew Struzan. <laughs> anyway, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Oh, yes, <laughs> that'll be fun. Oh, shortest straw. So, uh, yeah, but you know, Cabin in the Woods was like, what is Whedon gonna do with this? Because if anything, like his resume was basically he did Buffy, mm-hmm. he also did um, Firefly, and you know what? Yeah, he might be the one guy who gets it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like a lot of people would be like, I remember there's a not say backlash, but a lot of people were like, it's basically when Zachary Quinto was cast to be Mr. Spock. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Nerd population was like, we agree with this, mm. and then like when we all found out that Joss Whedon's gonna handle this, and like. Basically, it was it's the only time people agreed that we're gonna give us a chance. Yeah, like yeah. even Heath Ledger got shit for like announced his announcement as being the Joker. Oh, I remember. Uh, and also, like I remember everyone was upset that Mark Ruffalo was gonna be uh, the Hulk. And then everyone saw him, and then they saw yeah, because it was like we want Edward Norton back, and then they saw Avengers like never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, and uh, that's the thing is like when you watch something like uh, Avengers, and it's coming hot off the heels of the mild reaction to Thor. And yeah. then people and were a bit nervous. It, yeah, it was also just before Dark Knight Rises as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, again, it's very hard to uh, step out of the shadow that is the Dark Knight trilogy. And that was four years before at this point. Mm-hmm. But still, that changed the game in exactly. such a way. Yeah. So, like, when you watch something like Avengers, and it's like, I think also, in, the, in, uh, in a way, for us as fans of the genre, it's like, it's nice to see the Coke and Pepsi of the comic book uh, superhero movie. Because it's like, Okay, so DC is gonna do it this way now, and then they're slowly trying to like you know get in on the game because they are yet to announce Man of Steel. They are yet to announce their version of this mm-hmm. because everybody was just paying attention to the gamble and see yeah. how this paid off. And fuck me, what Avengers made a billion dollars? A lot more money than it knows what to do with it. Some change, yeah. <laughs> you it know, what I mean? and then it's like in its opening year. It took yeah. yeah. Uh, you asked about where we were headspace-wise when. I went to see the Avengers. That was the first uh, Marvel movie I saw in the cinema. Every other one I saw on DVD or on a plane. I saw four on a plane. And I went to see with my university friends. Um, and it was just like, we all agreed, let's go give this a watch. Let's go see it in IMAX because we all enjoyed the, the previous movies. Like, we weren't like big nerds or comic book fans, but we all enjoyed those movies. And it was almost a transcendental 
experience for all of us. Yeah. Uh, we all just walked out agreeing that this was one of the best things we've seen. And I mean, maybe also like this, like, in a way, like, did it feel to you that as a non-comic book fan, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to describe you perfectly, but it's like, you're definitely not a person who is abreast of what's really going I mean, on, right? I mm-hmm. I I was definitely a geek slash nerd, but a different kind. You're a Swords and Sandals, Lord of the Rings kind of guy. Exactly. I was like more like epic fantasy. But did it make you feel like, oh, there's something that these guys are appreciating, and now that I see what they're looking at, it's like, oh, I get why they're yeah, so I mean, fervent about this. I can finally this. understand because, I mean, to say that I don't read comic books is not strictly true. But I more read uh, like Belgian comic books, which was they're great, but also kind of surreal and weird, and translate very poorly into English. So okay. I would never try and get people to read them unless like Tintin. <laughs> no, Tintin is great, but also extremely dated. I'm talking Marzipalami is also Belgium, or is it French? I forgot. I think that's a Belgian one as well. And that's fun. Uh, lucky also, look too, right? Props yeah. to uh, no Marzipalami. Like I'm truly impressed. I'm a fan of the TV show. Yeah. There was a TV show, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I've seen forgot. a TV show. Yeah. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I talking about again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Avengers. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd happily talk about Belgian comic books in uh, one of these uh, episodes. Yeah, we the should. The road we to should. Belgian comic books. Yeah. But um, it's just like it was the first time where I could go, now I understand why people love these uh, heroes. And I could see it working. And it actually made me want to try and read it. And then I saw how much it cost to buy a trade. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. This is before Comixology, yeah? Yeah. And you actually had to get, go to a market. Oh my god. The there book. was a time yeah. without Comixology, holy shit, where there was still comic book places. And Comixology is still expensive. Yeah, and you don't get to hold the physical copy. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Props. Not, not even props. I mean, like, you know what? You kids nowadays, you don't understand the pain it is of collecting comic books and buying those perfect little plastic wrappers to keep them airtight and then, like, the backing board. There's even the hard case as well, visual. You know what I mean? Too. Like, yeah. you don't have to go through that, you know? It's like when you, like, all these Hearthstone kids, like, you know, us Magic the Gathering guys, we had to buy card bags and little protective, like, sleeves. Yeah. I love sure these back in bent. my day moments. Man, back in like my where day. Where you shake yeah. your cane and. Oh my god. We we had to keep this in storage, you know. Mint and condition. And it was so hard to carry it with our polio legs. <laughs> <laughs> was there was there a condition higher than mint, like diamond mint or something? I can't Holy remember. Shit, I mean, like crazy. they were great. For comic books, it's like great one, two, three, two, mm. three. I mean, the thing is, the the tears for like you know the preservation or the mintness of them all. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of it anymore because like for me, I know I have a near mint Venom number one. I have a very near mint. Uh, I have I have the original Death of Superman as well. Wow! And the thing is, is like, they don't they're not worth a lot actually. Yeah. I mean, unless I own Action Comics fifty two, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not, so I'm sorry. Didn't you hear the story about a uh, someone was clearing out his attic and he found I think uh, first issue publication of the first Spider Man. He did. Uh, yeah. He became a millionaire overnight because <laughs> okay. he sold them. <laughs> like, they weren't mm. mint condition, but they were you know. First edition. Wow. Okay. So you, you know, know crazy amounts. Like the last person I know who owned an Action Fifty Two, which is the debut of Superman, was Nicolas Cage, who had to sell it because of his bankruptcy. Oh yeah. Because oh, right, he wanted right. to buy like a castle in a boat. This was two thousand ish, right? Was I, it? Yeah. yeah. It's like I didn't know that they, he it existed and people were like trading it off like that. I thought he was getting money off that Leaving Las Vegas film and a bunch of others. He yeah, was getting money was off like it. 15 years before. Okay. And then yeah, yeah it's his worker man money that's oh, okay. keeping him together. <laughs> okay. oh, no, sorry, it's that sweet Marvel Ghost Rider <laughs> oh, <okay>. money. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Nicolas Cage. 
Anyway, yeah, so we're going to talk about Avengers again. Exactly. <laughs> that was uh, a tangent. But, I mean, this movie was amazing. It had all the right ingredients. It had, you know, a bevy of charismatic leads. We had a fantastic villain. Mm-hmm. Where we talked in the previous episode about how Loki in the first Thor movie, he's fine, he's serviceable, but he's a bit kind of muted and reserved. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, he goes full crazy manipulator. Uh, yeah. Like his very appearance, like his introduction appearance, and he's just smiling straight yeah. at the camera. And also, yeah. he was able to sneak in a word for vagina. He called uh, Scar- uh, Scarlett Johansson a mewling quim. Quim is an old English word for uh, vagina. Mewling yeah. <laughs> quim. I stand here in my glass box. Ha 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 ha. I guess my headspace, big based on the question that I asked later on, was. Oh, yeah, that I'm was a, a big question that was comic, asked. Yeah, that, that was a really big comic guy. Like, again, not just Avengers, but also like Justice League, Spider Man. Ev- I mean, everything that I just. Even when I was in art school, that was when I was just getting my. trying to learn to draw. I just refer back to the comics because that's where the best art is usually for more high-flying stuff here and there. So upon watching Iron Man, seeing Captain America, leading up to this Avengers, I'm like, are they really going to pull it off? I mean, I have very yeah. high expectations for this. Because and after watching if it... If you're a fan, you're very nervous about yeah. this. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, if they get this wrong... They fuck it up, you're going to have an X3. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was... Uh, let's see, 2012. I was I was just... I was, ni- I was still 19 at the time. So I'm old enough to know that movies can disappoint me. Yeah. But you know, still kind of you know, kind of youthful and hopeful, and not quite cynical yet. So you know, I wasn't worried, but I was kind of you know, interested to see what what happened. I mean, I, we are critics, but at yeah. that time, I'm like a little part of me would be like, please don't suck, please don't suck, please don't suck, you know. It didn't. And yeah. thankfully, it didn't. I was blown away and hell on more, you know. Yeah. Good yeah. shit. Which I mean, is why it's so funny to see like the counter move from uh, DC fanboys after saying, "Oh, it's not a good movie because of this small problem." It's like, yeah, but Batman v Superman exists. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you pipe down and sit in a corner? Yeah. There's a good boy. And yeah, the I funny thing is, around 2012, yeah. I think I was reading more Batman stuff, and I was kind of all more on the DC camp. You know what? In 2012, yeah. everybody was reading more Batman stuff. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> because Christopher Nolan gave us the best Batman ever. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, and I think Scott Snyder's run was starting around that time, but too. But you the Court of Owls, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. I've heard of Core of Owls. Good shit. Good it's shit, very yeah. good. It's yeah. very good because it expands. It, it does something new with the Batman mythos okay. that hasn't been like not not say it hasn't been done, but it's like we're not relegating to just Joker or uh, Ra's al Ghul stories anymore. Okay. So and like, it was, it was new. And they gave a lot more things for Go- Commissioner Gordon to do apart you know from what? being grumpy detective. I'm just gonna shout it out very quickly. Yep. Batman Metal is my favorite thing ever. Oh, you read it? Oh, that's crazy that, shit, man. That, those, that series is nuts. <laughs> It I'm sounds yeah. pretty intense. I'm no, waiting for the, the trade, title, but so far it's good. Batman Metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, that's like, all you need to know. That's all you need to know because yeah. like their version of the Joker is basically like a perverted Batman with the clown makeup and spikes and leather. Yeah, Sound. with little ro- with little Jokers who used previously used to be Robins. Sounds yeah. kinky. Creepy, creepy and crazy. Yo, yeah. Batman Metal is metal as fuck, man. <laughs> there you go. Now so Avengers, yeah. Yeah, metal as fuck. I think that's actually a good point. Like even though we did deviate and start talking about random shit, it just shows that you know Marvel really had its work cut out for itself because everyone knows Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Superman. Nobody knows Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck's Iron Man? And then when people say Thor, you either have you know someone going who, or people going oh you mean that god. Yeah, the, the guy yeah. who was a frog at one time. Yeah, and also Captain America, especially in 2012, is like, a very hard sell to the rest m- of the world. He was a hard sell in the 90s, sir. They, yeah. they killed him off so many times. 
They had to make him into a werewolf to make his stories interesting. Yeah. Not really. I mean, like, in the 90s, is like, especially when he led, like, the... The Heroes Reborn segment, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's so much more like, like, when he was really in charge of the Avengers, and it's like the war for Genosha, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. like, the whole mutant registration story, and how Captain America was, like, super Republican for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just remember, like, how Captain America turned into a parody of, of America himself, yep. and how all these writers were trying to make him... S- feel like that, that voice of authority that we all despised and then like they brought it back kind of in Civil War and maybe a little bit in Age of Ultron where like he's the, the more like totalitarian superhero which compared is to weird the because that goes against the what, movies the soldier yeah. <laughs> yeah and then uh, then it kind of also made sense that they decided to do that more for uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character uh, Tony Stark yeah where yeah. like why is the capitalist now ridden with all this guilt and now he's like okay well it it makes sense in terms of his character arc but Mm. I mean this is why also I think why Avengers works is because we don't have all the baggage of all the other movies because the baggage didn't exist yet yeah it's a perfect standalone and you could also start seeing the seeds of greater conflicts Mm -hmm. I just watching um, Captain America and Tony Stark just you know needle at each other yeah immediately back in here yeah And then you have put on a suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that line. Put and on then, a suit. You know, Thor's just you know going around like oh, you're all tiny and pathetic and weak. And, and then he meets the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he met his match. Uh, also, you have to say that argument scene is great because that's exactly what an argument looks like when adults are arguing. Yeah. It's not you know raised voices and you know insults and shouts. It's you know just like uh, obviously people are annoyed, but it's more like just talking over each other, kind of like you know. Almost like a middle management disagreement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would agree with that yeah. sentiment exactly because it's not so much about me shouting over you, it's just me being a bit more snide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, uh, yes. And also, when you rewatch the movie and you just try to listen to the different people talking and you hear a point where Tony Stark says that uh, people are talking about uh, Captain America being dangerous, it so how dangerous are you slightly above or below bees? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he goes like, I tell you what, Stark, one more snide out of you and I will, like, and then the scene cuts. Mm. But, you know what? What I also liked about the first Avengers movie, it, it answered the age-old question, who would win in a fight? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because, like, the thing is, as much as a lot of people, like, one of the greatest arguments in comic book fandom is Batman versus Superman, and then, like, Hulk well, versus Thor. Hulk versus Thor. I mean, like, Batman versus Superman, Batman, or... The, the even dumber one which is Batman with prep time versus Superman but it's just yeah. because all the Batman fanboys down can't admit he's just a man mm-hmm. and then a rich man I might have I'm a, yeah. <laughs> you know speaking as a Batman fan I'm, I don't f- fuck the fanboys because the writers always figure it out yeah, anyway exactly. so I don't worry about it yeah. but you know what the one, one of the most memorable things about like uh, the Avengers movie especially is not so much the battle for New York which is to me not it's a good final third but yeah, it, started it, it ends with a bang yeah. and it, it started the trend of glowy thing in the sky you must defeat mm. which was what every movie every ended movie for the last five that. years uh, I don't think it started it the first one is still Ghostbusters okay sure but but I think the resurgence for it, that it, it probably yeah, the resurgence. yeah every yeah. movie yeah, there's a big portal in the sky uh, but you know what I think the journey, I mean, the destination and journey, they're equally great, but I still remember the journey more, like how they meet up, how they fight, and mm-hmm. then Loki getting trapped in, like, and yeah. internal conflicts, Corson's leading death. up to the big, yeah, Corson's and also leading death. up to the payoff. The a, co- yeah. a character which never reappeared until Agent of the Shield that nobody saw or cared yeah. about. Apparently yeah. it's good now. 
Really? Yeah, it took till season four, but apparently I can't jump in now. No, I'd do I do my best. I did like it actually got better seasons. around season three when they had Mr. Hyde coming in. That yeah, was but pretty alright. I, I I really didn't have the time to like you know catch up with that as well. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. I mean, I mean it's on like Netflix now, so I might eventually catch on with it. But meh, mm. especially on the road to infinity. <laughs> road to infinity. I would say this like um, also. You know what? One of my favorite things was. Thor's introduction how he just lands on the plane <laughs> yeah. oh yeah and, and it's, it's, he just like slams it open and just takes Loki's like it's mine <laughs> and I also like the fact that you know the way that movie is designed because you can tell that Joss Whedon is a true fanboy because it's not like okay here are all the components here's all the introductions now we do the action sequences he builds it up yeah. he knows that he can milk the anticipation for what it's worth especially exactly, with yeah. the audience yeah. because you start first of course with uh, okay let's show them the bad guy uh, the Chitauri are gonna do the thing we're gonna give Loki the scepter we send Loki to Earth okay starting point first guy let's meet the leader Captain America punching sa- uh, punching bags to the point where the sand spills yeah. out of them like yeah. oh yeah don't re- remember boys and girls he's very very strong yeah okay and then after and that he's out of time basically yeah, out, of, out time. of time out of touch and then after that, okay here is you know the second guy here's the second captain here is uh, Iron Man and like uh, Mr. Stark uh, you know oh hey yeah, captain hey, mm. p- hey capsicle yeah, <laughs> also these are two introductions are so different because Captain America comes he's this big noble dude standing up when everyone's kneeling yeah and then uh, Iron Man comes to shoot a thrill yeah. <laughs> <laughs> play, play me off play yeah. me off yeah, yeah there you go and then after that you know they capture Loki yeah. and of course like the weakest thing about the Avengers movie is Loki's plan but you know what I let's, mean, not, let's not bring up the fact it that works. it's a ripoff of the Joker's plan from the Dark Knight. Yeah, Night. well, hey, look. He gets know. captured in every movie. <laughs> yep. Because we like glass boxes. Because he likes glass boxes. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, glass boxes like him. Definitely. Shout out to our previous episode. Yeah. There you go. And, yeah. I mean, so you don't actually have to have an original scene to have a good to have a good scene. It's all execution in the oh end. Yeah, anyway. so my favorite and stuff is really well. super derivative. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, then of course, you know, you have the Thor introduction, mm-hmm. rounding off the team. I mean, like, notice With how all the lightning and thunder. With, first. Yeah, there you go. And of course, you have that fr- that epic fight scene. So, In the words. what would Mjolnir do against Vibranium? Oh, oh that's what that. happens. So that's <laughs> what happens. <laughs> now we know. And, and also, it's kind of terrifying because you realize that Thor was actually trying to kill Captain America, who at a moment had done nothing to him. Put the hammer down. Yeah. I will put the yeah. hammer down. You put the hammer down, and fl- and I was like, yeah, no, no, that's a bad idea. He really likes a hammer. <laughs> You know what? But also at the same time, like the thing is, you know, it's a good movie when you ignore all the nitpicks because exactly. like, there's a lot of scenes where like when Thor is basically manhandling Iron Man, they're like he's a dead person. He yeah, is yeah. basically a human slushy underneath all that armor. Yeah, but well, it's like you know what? No, fuck it. I'm just gonna like. Oh, even at the end where the Hulk catches him mid-flight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know the G-force alone within the suit, he would be a slurry, right? Like you open the face. The face is just like slosh. <laughs> or even that scene. Open up like a can of popsicles. Like, you know, when he's caught in the propeller and he's like just being oh, like yeah. run around. Like, like, yeah, he's dead, definitely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it shattered every bone in his body. But then, you know, that's the thing about a movie like Avengers. When you look at it and, no, reality aside, this is big dumb fun. You know, suspension of disbelief is very crucial at this point in time. And I buy it. 
Yeah, mm. even the helicarrier, which, you know, if you even partially read the laws of physics, is impossible. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just such an epic scene to oh, watch. just and when it just rises it. up from the ocean, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just the spectacle of it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's like that thing from the pages which I used to read, that's coming up to life, you well, know. Well, imagine me who'd never read, a, you know, a Marvel uh, comic book in their life, so like, we have that? Yeah, okay, they've always had that, apparently. Yeah. No, I like the line where they were saying, like, oh, is this a submersible? And then, like, Black Widow giggles, like, no. <laughs> like, no. No, it's going to fly. Yeah. You might want the head inside, boys. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, says, we're in a submarine. Are you sure that's a good idea? And then it's start flying. Yeah, no, this is much worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I think that's the thing. Uh, the first Avenger movie, compared to the sequel, and I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this one, yeah. which is the, technically the, the, the third part of the Avengers film, friend, the, the, the trilogy. Well, yeah, I mean, technically four because yeah. Civil War was Avengers Civil War, like, like pre-Avengers, yeah. It was Avengers 2.5, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah but I would say this, um, for this Avengers movie, compared to everything that followed afterwards, right, it has nothing but moments. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's like, I remember the moments with Thor and uh, the Hulk. I would remember also the moments with the helicarrier, yeah. with Coulson's death. Dude, just, just seeing Hulk manhandle Loki and smash him on the ground oh, yeah like the, just how it, <laughs> it was the perfect denouement in that scene where you yeah. have you know where you think that maybe he's gonna do something try and trick his mind and then you know just mid uh, uh, monologue just get smashed to pieces yeah, yeah. that was that was a and comic then timing the ultimate brilliant timing puny god yeah. <laughs> or even before that just when you know when Re- Banner reveals his secret I'm always angry yeah and okay, then that's the part that I'm a little bit hmm? well maybe not but then he crushes yeah, that, uh, that like space yes. whale in one punch and that's one thing I Hulk super appreciate <laughs> yeah about the Avengers movie because all the Hulk movies is basically him fighting tanks and stuff yeah, yeah. well and he seems like, to struggle lifting a car but like no, no he's, he's strong enough to crush a skull that big yeah. he can crack a planet with his bare fist if you wanted if to if you wanted yeah. to and you know what that's I would say hands down the best version of the Hulk ever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know I'm taking back what I said in the last episode. I think about the <laughs> ultimate moment. Thank you, Edward Norton, but yeah, we like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, fuck Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. I'm talking about the CGI. But yeah. the <laughs> best selling point I would say of the Avengers is that Sparrowtail shot of them all together. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 with the soaring music sting. It's that is one of the best. 10 seconds of cinema in the last 20 years yeah no I can say the combination of the movies yeah. that scene is topped literally 5 minutes later when you see them in action in that one take and yeah. we follow Iron Man and we go down to the ground level in still in the camera shot yep. we follow Iron Man and like you know uh, Captain America on the ground and we go back up and see Hawkeye taking care of business in the sky it's like and then you see Thor and um, uh, Hulk t- uh, double teaming this like space whales, yeah. that slug thing. Yeah, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, this is glorious. Yeah, this is magical. <laughs> There's a moment where you're just so magical. There. Imagine seeing this in IMAX. Like, yes, first, I oh yes, IMAX. I saw an IMAX too. <laughs> just you're Beautiful. closer to your seat going. You know, I remember very clearly, like especially during that battle scene in uh, New York with the Chitauri. It's like I could, I remember tears welling up in my eyes, like looking at this, thinking like, "We have made it. Yeah. We finally arrived." Why is arrived. this happening? And why is this so good? I, oh I my god! Yeah. And it's like I wanted this so much. Yeah. And here it is. Exactly. You know? Because it's like I mean, especially for you as a Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. Like I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, and when I saw those films, it's like this is what it should have. This is what it's supposed to look like. This is done correctly. Yeah. 
and this is exactly the same feeling. This is exactly what I, this is exactly what I wanted to see for all this well. So like that first Avengers movie, f- even till now, ten years yeah. later, holds up. I'm yeah. still rewatching it from time to time. It's but just that well made yeah. for an action movie. You know? I mean, it's not just you know cool in terms of like oh we're seeing off any of our actors together. It's you know a well composed shot. Yeah. Like made by a guy who knows what he's doing. And then we have Age of Ultron. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I, li- I like your tone. I like your tone. We have to talk about it at some point. We're going to have to, yeah. Yeah, so like, let's go straight into it. Age of Ultron came out. Uh, it promised us a villain that would finally... Grace the presence in the live-action no, universe. No, like, because the thing is, they, the Avengers, that was what they were selling. Yeah. Mm, because they, want, they, they, they felt it was still too early to kind of like, you know, let loose Thanos. Yep. And like, if I'm not mistaken, like, uh, Age of Ultron is basically right after Iron Man two, Iron Man two, or is it Iron Man three? It's Iron after. It's after three. Uh, it's after um, uh, Winter Soldier because it starts with them taking down Hydra. No, exactly. Uh, so it's yeah, definitely like so. That's the, the hit space here. And like for me especially, like this is the part of. Uh, this is midway through the, f- the first five years. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like basically like I've already, I've sat through five years of Marvel movies and this is when I felt like, okay, things are not getting fun. Things are not getting sincere. And then like, like I've complained very, uh, on various occasions about the Marvel template. Yeah. No, but also, have I have. Constantly, you know. Please <laughs> <laughs> check out my podcast, uh, <laughs> which you're listening to right now. But also uh. at the same time, it's like, once Age of Ultron came out, like, that was disappointing for not because it's a weak film it was disappointing because this is when it felt to me that you know what we're not going to top ourselves we're not going to promise anything we're just going to milk the cash cow we are resting on our laurels that we set up from the first Avengers yeah and and it's it starts out really promisingly because we have this amazing fight in the snow yeah which repeats that single shot from New York where it's done in the snow and you know now that you have everyone who's meant to be like in their prime, where well, you have the Mark fifty seven point nine two or whatever you know suit Tony Stark has now, yep. and then that still frame shot where it looks like a panel from a we're all like jumping at the same time. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. like that is a beautifully composed shot. That's a screenshot. That's a that's a wallpaper. Right yeah. There. yeah, so yeah. it was designed deliberately. Also. Thing is, like, it wasn't quite perfect because you just needed to add Spider-Man in the corner, <laughs> and then it'd be perfect. <laughs> but still, it was great. It was, oh, great. Yeah, it was, it was great. great. They couldn't spoil it yet. <laughs> of course not. Well, also, they didn't know if they were going to get the rights then or not. Yeah. Because uh, they were still trying to make uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Mm. It was around the same time. No, but the thing is, the movie failed immediately, and then they got the rights just in time before the movie came out, so they could just shoehorn in the yeah. underoos. <laughs> well, that was for Civil War. Yeah. So, and. Uh, I feel like um, Age of Ultron was hamstrung for many reasons. The number one being that they cockteased us with Thanos at the end of the first Avengers. They did. Yep. Yeah. And every nerd friend, like if you're not into comic books, you find your nerd friend and ask, who is this guy? And you say, he's the one who brings about the end times yeah. for all Marvel heroes. No, but I we can't have him yet, so let's go have someone else. I remember my friends like looking at me and like, is that is that Hellboy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, no, Hellboy's that's red, Thanos. That's and, uh, <laughs> and like, well, who's Thanos? Uh, Thanos is the mad. Like, like the immediately yeah, you have yeah, to yeah, explain yeah. things like Thanos is the mad titan, titan, and like the thing with the Tesseract and the Ether and all that. These are actually Infinity Gems, which will uh, just ask me later. <laughs> 
And this is like it became an advert for Infinity War rather than trying to stand on its own two feet. Yeah, the whole thing felt very and commercial. And it undercut a very important villain. This is one of the only Marvel comics I read. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the Age of Ultron. The actual Age of yeah. Ultron. And yeah. it is a really bleak, powerful um, comic yeah, book. Yeah. Because good throughout stuff. the entire thing, even when they jump through different timelines, Thor's dead. He just got killed off. Captain America is broken because he physically gave up trying mm-hmm. because he was so run down. We see She-Hulk get, you know, clocked in the side of her head by a gun. That, you know, she's meant to be as indestructible as uh, the original Hulk and just gets wiped out. Now we see, you know, Black Panther get smashed. It's, like, it's, it's a comic book that's just telling you there is no hope left until they finally find one final solution. And it's still, you know, a lot of time traveling stuff. Mm-hmm. And instead we have a really bored James Spader <laughs> trying in to... In the pretty s- impressive CGI robot suit. It was a great... It, C- was, good. it was a good design. Great CGI, the but then they... Yeah, Ultron under- himself is very well designed. Yeah, he yeah. is. But he just became a... The blacklist. <laughs> an animatronic version of Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was all quippy and snark. He was like, but... He's meant to be the scary, super smart, you know. Yeah, very robotic voice, but he will fucking end you. He's meant to be basically. Skynet with a body. Yeah. And they just weren't brave enough to go along with that. Like they said, oh no, it has to have some kind of fun times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would even say they were not brave enough because I think it was literally hedging its bets. Because you have to understand, like, even though the Avengers made a billion dollars. It didn't make two billion dollars. It didn't make two billion. I would even say it didn't make two billion. I would it say made more like Lord of the Rings money. It didn't make Avatar money. It did not make Star Wars money. It did make Star Wars money. It did. Yeah. Has it surpassed Star Wars finally? Uh, Avengers, they did, right? Uh, up until that point, absolutely. Right? Not Force Awakens, but that was after. No, but I mean, like, the Star Wars in itself is like that movie's been making money since the seventies. Yeah, so but that's been six movies altogether, whereas Avengers now. in one <laughs> movie was. Yeah, that's true. But they also adjusted for inflation. True, true. But I mean, okay, notwithstanding, um, the thing about the Avengers, the second movie, it felt like we had to play it safe. We had to kind of... Also, I also... Maybe we should also bring up the point that there's a lot of people upstairs in the executive section who were like telling uh, maybe Mr. Joss Whedon, like, you need to include this, you need to include this, you need to include this. It was Ike Perlmutter just shoving his fat fists into every single part of the creative process I guess so and then like was Kevin Feige anywhere at this point not that uh, right? I he thought was, he was he I was, thought he was but I, yeah. I think is he's always been a little bit more hands off I think it was actually people above him because yeah. also before he became the supreme head of all Marvel stuff he was just you know the overall producer yeah like kind of what Penny Marshall's doing with the Star Wars movie yeah, yeah 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 but also at the same time I mean I mean, there are some good moments in Avengers 2, but at the same time... It's nothing that... Yeah. It, it didn't top the first one. It's moments, yeah. But nothing can top Avengers 1 my favorite moment, all. which is another Sparrowtail shot of all of the Avengers just fighting... fighting all the robots. The guns. last yeah. fight, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, just circle, and then it's the same music thing. And yeah, it's great, but it's not the same as the previous movie. Where they actually build it up. Yeah. yeah. Because the thing is, right, then you realize that this movie is having problems ripping off its... <laughs> yeah, first movie, it's like you when know? you are failing to rip off your own material, that's when you think... Mm. It's and like the, the Final Fantasy VII problem. How yeah, are you going to yeah. follow up after seven? And not just that, it's like even us as comic book fans, it's like when you're looking at this and we realize how cynical this feels all of a sudden. It because does, like, it does. You know, like the first Avengers movie was literally studio executives didn't give a damn they were like sure here's like maybe half a million like here's a couple of million dollars go and make your stupid like capes and like superhero movies yeah. and like 
like their jaws dropped when like that made a billion dollars yeah. mm-hmm. make more of this wait now that we know that this is a thing we're gonna ruin it too <laughs> you know that's what it felt to me it's like when I watched Age of Ultron it's like why does all of this feel like a big dumb toy commercial for the next Avengers line it was the because first it kinda is yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's the ending shot where basically well the B team is ready and it's like they're pointing to like you know the Olsen Scarlet Witch Olsen, yeah. Scarlet, um, yeah. Vision and it's like okay Sam yeah. and then like that to me felt like oh so this is the beginning of the end because it's like I mean one thing I also need and the to last you remember the last line of the movie which is? Uh, it's uh, Steve Rogers going, Avengers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, ah. <laughs> well, but yeah, then, then again, it's like, I mean, there's so many problems I have with Age of Ultron. Firstly, oh, it, lacks, yeah, yeah. it lacks payoff, one thing. It also lacks, I mean, besides the, the now it's a trope. Then yeah. it was like, this, this is such a weak villain. Yeah. Not so much an age, more like the weekend of Ultron because <laughs> they got rid of him really quickly. But also... A uh, bad day with Ultron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also felt like it was very easy to avoid him. It's like, who's everywhere? He's on the internet. Okay, let's go to a dead spot somewhere in Montana. <laughs> We're fine. I mean, also, but then the thing about like you as a, a fan of these movies or a fan of the of like comic books, you look at this and you're like, this is to me the movie that revealed a lot about the inner workings behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you could see like, okay, somebody said something because this is here or this is not here anymore, and then I mean, especially now that we live in an age where like. Even before the movie comes out, everybody's speculating, everybody's yeah. talking, everybody has behind the scenes There's reports. There's been set uh, yeah. pictures. Or whatever, right? Yeah. 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 Things like, getting leaked, basically. Yeah, and the thing is, you, now it's, like, it's very hard to trust whether, is that part of the hype train or is this real things that we should be paying attention to? And to me, when I watched Age of Ultron, it just felt like, yeah, this is one big dumb commercial for the next line of Avengers. So, like, it's already cynical in that aspect, but also at the same time, you could see that the actors didn't want to do this anymore. Not just the actors, the director. Yeah. I mean, you did bring up a you good anecdote a while back. Feel we didn't sighing there you about go, yeah. this movie, especially like the worst part was Thor's uh, weekend trip to Scandinavia. Just to go in that jacuzzi. For yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like you're yeah, swimming. Bro, this is like the ultimate jacuzzi. Whoa, I'm tripping out, man. And like. Let's be really honest about it. Because he's the cheapest Avenger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because he was they the one cut corners. Because money. we can't get rid of Tony Stark. We can't get rid of Captain America because these two guys, these are the most expensive things on the screen right now. We need as much action as possible. Do and the story is written in a way that those are the core guys anyway. And then also at the same time, like James Peter is probably a pretty penny himself. But oh, you know yeah. what? We're just going to use CGI. And then like Paul Bettany has vision. Hmm. Well, I mean, it works. It works. It, it works. works because yeah, he like has it. that very ethereal voice, kind of. Like he doesn't sound fully human. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, the vision to a T. Yeah. Props to whoever decided to like. You know what? Fuck it. Make him look like the comic book character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the, the red, red and face green. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that worked. Yeah, I'm kind of happy they didn't go for the silver vision. They went for this old school color for I vision. Like, I liked it a lot. I like the fact that you know at least he was taking his chances in some departments. Which yeah. I mean, like, if you were to watch any Joss Whedon interview after the Avengers: Age of Ultron, like you could tell he was just basically like a huge weight has been lifted off his shoulders. I mean, his general response to the entire happy, thing, right? <laughs> not even happy. happy. He was just relieved. He's like, over. I try my best, but. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, I did everything I could. Like, that. this is the, the general consensus he would give you. I mean, like, yes, I'm sure you're under NDA and you can't shit on the company. But also at the same time, it's like, you know what? We forgive you for what you had to go through. 
And that's like the thing why I can't really enjoy Age of Ultron so much is because it felt to me like this is what happens when you hamstring your, your artists. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like maybe that's a saving grace of Age of Ultron is that yes, it was a disappointment. Yes, it definitely failed in some regards. But that means that Marvel got their slump out of the way. Because I feel like after Age of Ultron, we started getting good Marvel movies. Because what did we get after Age of Ultron? Civil well, War, yeah. Civil War. Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Black Panther. Oh, Black Panther, yeah. It gets, I mean, there's not much creativity stifled. In fact, some of the directors get to put in their own flavor. Yeah, you definitely... It's films. like, it's, we're getting close to what we had with Phase 1, where yeah. it was definitely individual movies I mean, under one umbrella. I mean, like, going off on your point, is like what it feels like to me more so is like... I think Disney learned their lesson yeah. and as unfortunate as it is Joss Whedon was the sacrificial lamb that was necessary to encourage this new wave of yeah. Marvel movies. There was movies. definitely a shake up in Disney after this because Palmata was fired other executives were moved around uh, They bought the Star Wars yeah. franchise oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, too. Kevin Feige became Another the bang for big them. bang the big head big, you, you The big head the big Yeah, head. you tripped me up by saying bang and. No. <laughs> I said bang sorry Yeah, whatever That even doesn't make sense as, as well No, no, no I said <laughs> when you open up Star Wars that's another big bang cash flow thing Can I just like I know this is, is a deviation like, Can we talk about how scary that merger was? Oh my god Because yes. I mean aside from the fact that it was so much money there was no hint of it there were no rumours there was no, you know, like hints dropped. It was just like suddenly, we own Star Wars. Like, can you imagine how powerful Disney lawyers are? No, like, how many people disappeared off the face of the earth? <laughs> oh my god! I remember yes. watching like news footage. Uh, basically, like the the Disney lawyers in like uh, George Lucas' office, and you could see him just signing it away. And I, I'm like looking at it. It's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Because like I, I think it also kind of makes sense because he doesn't know he can't do anything with his own franchise anymore. Oh yeah, because we proved that he can only make one good Star Wars movie. Yep. And everyone else did it better than him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, it's all for the best anyway. It's oh, yeah, because we've got true. Force Awakens and you know, Last say, Jedi too. Yeah, so want, I really like Last Jedi. It was, it was good. Yeah. I know, but I, I was there. But I mean, I I'm not, not going to die. It's flaws, but it's still alright. Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely has flaws, but you know, it was a brave movie for yeah. you know such a. Franchise, but I mean, also get Rogue One too. I mean, like yeah. the problem I'll always have with these new Star Wars movies is like I still am waiting for the apology for the prequels. <laughs> Literally, it's like no, you have to do better than this. Yeah. Because the thing is, like as groundbreaking as the first trilogy was, and as flawed as like even something as written as the Jedi was, at least this is something that you want to pass down to your children. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is something that, like, no, we need to preserve this. Whereas, whereas, like something the like prequels Force, is yeah. a punishment. The prequels like is like have been shitting. Like we want to watch a movie, all right? It's, it's like, like it's like here you go. It's like parts of the Bible you don't explain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like here's the nice parts, and then like what about these other movies? No, don't 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 talk like, about. I mean, if you want to get the full Fuck picture, the I guess. <laughs> but remember, it was a weird time. Yeah. And then like yeah, exactly that's the, that's the, the 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 way to explain like the the prequels is like it's a weird time. It, yeah. they happened. And then the thing about the new movies is like like it's very similar to my the point I'm trying to make about uh, Age of Ultron because like Force Awakens is the least cynical of the two. Because the second one to me felt like, yeah, we need to kind of shit on the legacy a little bit because we need to like retain some sort of freshness about us. And like, okay, I get why you need to do that. But I, I disagree I mean? about being the least cynical because I feel like because it was 
so safe that that was where it was cynical. But, but yes, it was a love letter, but it was just like, we have to have a Death Star, we need to have the Desert Planet, we need to have... No, this, I'm talking about the second one. I'm talking about Last Jedi. I think Force Awakens, oh, for yeah. me, is the most cynical one. Like, The Last yeah. Jedi, I feel like, was most akin to Strikes Back because mm. it was saying, oh, this is what you want? Well, fuck what you want, this is what I'm doing. But, yeah. like, okay, the thing about Force Awakens and then Last Jedi is, like, Force Awakens is cynical. Yeah. But then, like, Last Jedi felt more cynical because it's, like, you can imagine, like, the screenwriters, producers, even the director is, like, yeah, like... You know what? I need to do this move right now. I think Ryan Johnson wrote it as well. Yeah, he wrote yeah. it as well. Yeah. So it's like Ryan Johnson. Yeah. In in a way, it's like, wow, you did that. You know, like I mean, as f- cool as it might be, for like the you know the millennial to see Luke Skywalker through the the saber over his shoulder, like for the old school guys, like, okay, you're gonna do that, fine. <laughs> you know, and also at the same time. Why are we talking about Star Wars and the Avengers? Yeah, we actually have an episode on the we Last Jedi. Do last an few entire weeks. road to the third Star Wars movie. Yeah. Wait, whenever that comes out. Yeah. Which oh, is probably next year. So anyway, oh, but off. anyway, like the thing is, is, like you know, in terms of like something like like I mentioned, where we can hand it over to the next generation, like you have to preserve this now because this is the the highest form of art that we have created. And the thing is, right? Yeah, sure, we have the Mona Lisa. Sure, we have Chopin and Beethoven. Sure, we have all these classical works that you know will forever be preserved as monumental achievements in humankind it's like I would put the Avengers movie there as well the first one you yes. know what I mean it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like this is something that we like a thousand years a hundred years from now yeah. like when all of us are nothing but you know dust in a the a combination wind. of art and entertainment yeah, we did this one. this is an achievement in pop culture and I would put the first two Star Wars movie there as well absolutely mm-hmm. but the thing is I can't put The Last Jedi there <laughs> it's like you know, the thing I is mean, I wouldn't either, but I would say it was an important Star Wars movie to make. I guess so, but also it's it's not at that pedestal, but it's still noteworthy. And I think sense. like that's the problem I'm having, especially with all this. Maybe like, a silver ribbon, not so much a blue ribbon. But the thing is, to me, especially when it's uh, something that has to be spoken of in context of cultural importance, yeah, it's like yeah, you know what you're following up, right? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like when Age of Ultron came out, it's like. Okay, I guess they're pacing themselves, maybe. So I'm like kind of forgiving, but also at the same time, I was, you know, I, I need to be realistic. Like, okay, you know, not all good things last forever. Is this the point where things get a little bit cynical? And then like then came Civil War, which felt like an apology. It was yeah, a it was blatant an apology. Yeah. You know, like sh- because the thing is, when you watch Civil War, and you notice there's like two movies going at the same time. Yeah. Because basically, it felt to me more like there was a movie that the artist Joss Whedon wanted to tell. I mean, yeah. not, not say yeah. Civil War. I mean, fuck. Uh, the first Avengers, right? Like, like the first Avengers movie was something that uh, you know Joss Whedon had something to say. Yeah. You know, there wasn't so much interference from the corporate side. Yeah. In I mean, a sense, it was because definitely yeah. there, but it was definitely more subtle. I mean, like in a sense, is basically there was moments where you know they had to prove it protect an investment or two here and there yeah but then when you watch something like Age of Ultron and then all of a sudden that's not subtle at all yeah the first time I was fully aware of studio interference in a movie and also it also kind of like there's a lot of this taste of you know what there's a story that he wanted to tell Mm -hmm. but also we need to cater to certain demographics now because you know like we just realized there's a new market in China right now or like you know we're not attracting like 40 year old uh, housewives you know we need to bring them into the cinema too because like the first movie made a billion dollars we're a corporation we need to make two billion or we need to make four billion by now so it's like you know the cynical train started for me especially for Age of Ultron sure yeah Civil War was an apology but the thing is right 
no movie should be apology. It should stand on its own as, you know, a piece of art. You know, and then, like, a lot of things, like, I mean, one thing I feel is the biggest apology is still the Black Panther movie because it's like, we need the diversity movie now. It does feel like yeah, we should have made this movie... Earlier, I guess. M- definitely much earlier. Because, like... like and it says a lot about how cynical it was because, you know, it's proof that, you know, a black-led uh, superhero movie can sell. I mean, we should have known that since Blade actually did exactly, quite well for yes. its time. It's like 97. So right? why did not spawn before it happened? Yeah, it's like, so why did we have to wait until he showed up in Civil War to say, oh, we could do a Black Panther movie? Like, if we had fitted, fit him in earlier, it would might have felt less, you know, you know, pause, let's have his personal story, then we're doing Infinity War. And the thing is, like, they kind of hinted at maybe, you know, uh, a non-white face with uh, Falcon immediately in the second Captain America movie, Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the thing. Like, one thing about all the new Marvel movies, it feels to me like the studio heads are not listening to the artists or the directors. They're listening to who the potential audience is. Because, like... I mean, as much as it's a running joke, especially when you like, you'll read this cracked article and like, hey, look at these Avengers. It's all these white guys. And it's like, yeah, but that's the comic books. Yeah, like we're basing this. And the thing is like, everybody points that out, but then nobody points out the fact like, yeah, but they made Nick Fury black. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it's like, oh, we, but we need a real black guy to, le- to be standing toe to toe with the Avengers. Yeah, Nick Fury. Yeah, there he is. Oh, he's a psychic. Oh, no, he's just a behind-the-scenes guy. Like, what is the point you guys are trying to make? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, He has a lot of pull. Yeah, you know, like, sure, whatever. Guy, yeah. But also at the same time, um, I guess it's like, what I feel is like, when I see any Marvel movie after Age of Ultron, yeah. it's like, to me, that's that taste of, yep, uh, we did test audiences, we did market uh, research, we did demographic polls. It's like, Oh, people want this, people want that. And like, okay, we need to, you know, yeah, supply and demand. I get it. You're a corporation. But then, like, to me, like, when you see the the first Avengers movie, it's like, there's this beautiful time when none of this matters. And it's just, let's have fun. Yeah. We yeah. finally pulled all these franchises together and let's just go and go, go with a bang. And whether it works or not, at least we try. Exactly. But yeah. I don't think it's the fault of trying to have diversity, which is the problem. It's more just... I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that's the, r- the reason, but I'm saying more like it's very obvious to me that all of these movies now mm. is less about, you know, telling a story, but more selling toys. Tickets. <laughs> Maybe. Toys. Toys. But we yeah. still get meaningful stories made by directors who care. Like Most yeah. of the time, yes. Most, Most of the time. time. I mean, like for every Thor The Dark World, you do get a Black Panther. Yeah. You know, for every Doctor Strange, you do get Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. You know, because the thing is, these movies are reacting to themselves. Yeah. Because it's very... Sh- it's very I think it's kind of like nice to know that the Marvel movies are just not affected by any other movie out there. Yeah. Like I'm pretty no sure no one dares to touch yeah, it. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's a bit of hubris going on there because I'm pretty sure like a Marvel movie would be like, you know what? Hey, Quentin Tarantino's releasing a movie at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah. a Marvel movie. It's like you know, there's a Deadpool movie coming out two weeks afterwards, and they're like, yeah, sure. But Deadpool sells tickets. It does, but it 
doesn't sell the same kind of tickets as it's Avengers. Avengers. But the thing is, it's an R-rated movie that sells tickets. And then there's something that probably the studio... Yeah. I'm pretty sure Interference already happened because the original director is not coming back, right? No, 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 no. no. It? It's a new director for a new second, director. Game. Uh, second movie. That's more Fox uh, shitting things in the bed. Which they like. do. They always yeah. come out with, like, they'll do <laughs> fucking, like, you know, X-Men 2 and then X-Men 3. <laughs> they'll do First Class and then they'll do Days of Future Class and then Apocalypse. They shit the bed so quickly. So, yeah. Which is why I loved in the trailer for Deadpool. Where it was, was a, a knock at them. There was a joke where, like, they, they can't do a three. Yeah, they already said all they needed to say with two. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I hope, they, I hope they do that, you know? Yeah, but Stop I mean, at two, fuck it up at three. But that's the point. Deadpool is R-rated, so mm. it's, you know, they don't have to worry about spillover because, you know, less people really don't care, you know, kids aren't gonna go see Deadpool they're not supposed to anyway yeah they're definitely not supposed to <laughs> you know what strange when I went to watch Deadpool in the cinema kids were in the audience uh, what are you gonna because, do you know what stupid parents thought oh superhero movie they didn't expect there'd be a scene of pegging <laughs> yeah. they had to explain to their children later <laughs> one of the best scenes of pegging yeah <laughs> outside of a porno <laughs> even inside a porno <laughs> uh, because you know best I think the most accurate facial expression <laughs> How would you know, sir? <laughs> well, let me and, tell and you. And let's not forget about the blood and gore, too. So. Oh, that too, yeah. Oh, yeah, there was blood and gore, huh? A Apparently. Lot of it. Mm-hmm. So, your thoughts. Let's speculate because uh, basically, this is the final episode of our Road to Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, exactly. And we're close to the end. We're yes. very close to the end here. Uh, so, we need to wrap it up with maybe speculations because you know what? A lot of, uh, I mean, the major conversation everybody's having right now is like, which character is going to be killed off? And like, I've kind of mentioned. I like, think we've already hinted who we think are yeah. going to die. Yeah. So How about who is going to kill off Thanos if he's going to die in this one? He's I not going to die in this so. one. Or he's going to get pushed away or no. get the final. No, because they have to introduce Captain Marvel. Mm. And, you know, if they gave me the Thanos, what the fuck is she going to do? I mean, Good point. if you also talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy cameo of Adam Warlock. Oh, yeah. Mm, he has yeah, to appear yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he's a big deal in the Infinity War yes. uh, saga as well. So it's like... He might be in part two, w- whatever it's called. Whatever it's called, because Guardians 3 is still going to happen no matter what. Yeah. I think an uh, interesting question will be who are they going to start adding? Because every Avengers movie... Um, Signals are sort of trying to add more characters into the wider fray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> because so you need to keep that franchise money exactly, going. Because exactly. Because after Avengers, we got Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver for a hot minute, and Sam Wilson, and Vision. After Age of Ultron, we got Black Panther, Ant Man, Spider Man, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. Spider Man, the the Guardians of the Galaxy. So who are we going to get after Infinity War? Obviously apart from Marvel. Apart from Captain Marvel. Marvel. I mean, like they did kind of promised the Inhumans but that became a shitty TV show yeah. instead yeah. <laughs> because missed opportunity and also exactly. yeah. I mean it kind of is a problem like you know how are we going to have a credible threat when we have a guy who could literally kill things by talking <laughs> also Lockjaw will be a very useful um, side character <laughs> yeah. uh, Telepo- teleporting sign me yeah. up yes so such an adorable giant scamp yeah so who would you add Ooh. I would add Moon Knight Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, he's a crazy motherfucker. Sure. Moon Knight would not? definitely be very fun in this universe. Especially. Would it be weird to bring in Spider-Woman even with Spider-Man around? Because she was an Avenger. But what's the point of her? Exactly. She's... No, I mean, like, in the greater scheme of... I mean, in the scheme of things of Infinity War as an idea, like, who do we need to bring in to kind of, like, keep things going? 
it has to be a different superhero like yeah. in terms of power because the thing is like when it comes to the popularity contest that is the the Marvel franchise I'm sorry but X-Men is somewhere else and so is Spider-Man technically yeah. like it's, it's strange to think that Spider-Man's in the Infinity War movie and Venom's gonna have a solo movie for some reason yeah, yeah coming out this year as well that's gonna be that's interesting terrible or I it might be amazing because Tom Hardy yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know I was gonna bring up that yeah Agent Venom could be in but again they got that Venom movie from Sony so I can't, we can't yeah, do that I, I, I he was an Avenger I made so. a point that they might be moving towards Agent Venom uh, with uh, the Venom movie Yeah, which would be interesting but then you have to explain what the fuck Agent Venom is yeah I would say this like, um, especially in the grand scheme of things like when we talk about Infinity War as an idea it's a missed opportunity we don't have like Mr. Sinister or Doctor Doom because those are the kind of like he would have been the perfect high level villain, villain for Kang uh, the Conqueror uh, that's a pretty big for Age of Ultron he would have been the perfect uh, you know tier villain so first you have Loki yeah. then you have Doctor Doom and then finally you have Thanos just like the first Marvel game yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait yeah it was Doctor Doom then Thanos yeah, right? yeah 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 and then Ultimate Marvel Capcom 3 you got Galactus as the big bad I mean like speaking of the Marvel video game like how when can we shoehorn in like Shuma Goroth and all that? <laughs> I don't think anyone cares about those fuckers. Okay, there's like this, yeah. like this tentacle Lovecraftian kind of monster. That, that could be a Doctor Strange villain involved, you know. They have he to. He is a Doctor Strange yeah, villain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because they pretty much uh, nullify Dormammu. Yeah. Fuck that, you know. I, know. Like, I hate what they did to Dormammu. Badass. What the fuck? Okay, you know what? Let's just say what it is. Yeah, we need a Galactus level villain because Galactus is the only other thing. Annihilus is one, but that's more of a Fantastic Four villain. Yeah. And, and also a Guardians of the Galaxy villain, too. Yeah, I, I mean, Ego would have been a credible threat, but... Kurt yeah. Russell's expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, the thing is we need to address is the Infinity War saga is crucial to the Marvel comic book uh, legacy because it did the one thing that, you know, DC did with the Infinite Crisis series, which is reset continuity to a point where, hey you don't have to pay attention to all of these things anymore because they're all dead. Yeah, and like, it'd be perfect because that'll be when they start introducing all the X-Men because they now own that, Fantastic yep. Four. Yeah, so yeah Doctor Doom. I think those. that's the plan. After part two, it, we're going to have the X-Men. We're going to have Spider-Man movies. We're going to have the Fantastic Four. We might finally, in our lifetime, have a good Fantastic Four movie. That's, yeah, I really want to uh, see that. And an eventual Avengers crossover, uh, Avengers vs. X-Men tie-in, who knows? Yeah, that so we'll work. have a proper civil war. Yeah. I mean, that already happened because Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver appear yeah, in yeah, an Avengers movie. Exactly. They're technically likes. X-Men. Yeah, they're X-Men, basically. <laughs> yeah. They're mutants, I mean, I but they mean, can't say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one thing we failed to mention, but I really dig Elizabeth Olsen as... Um, Scarlet Witch. Especially with her jazz hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I know they look goofy, but, you know... They look goofy in, like, production shots, but, like, after we put the special effects on them, yeah. they look cooler. Yeah. And I think she sells a kind of person who doesn't fully understand how powerful she is, and she's kind of scared of her own... Have you well, that was more Civil War. Have you read the House of M storyline? Yeah, no. that was her reality. She made that reality happen. Wow. You will love that. You okay. will love how that is also very uh, universe-shattering. Okay. Yeah. That's the extent of Scarlet Witch's power. Yeah. Oh yeah, she yeah. is Omega level, right? Basically, oh yeah, come think of it. She, yeah, is, she Omega, is Omega level. She is Omega compared to her brother. Shout out to a conversation we're having before the podcast started. <laughs> that was the Especially maker. if you kill a husband slash boyfriend, then it's like yeah. vision. Fuck, yeah. Speaking of uh, husband, uh, there have been a lot of uh, comic cons where people go as Magneto and Scarlet Witch as couples, <laughs> and you're like. Wow. You know why this doesn't work? Oh no! Yeah, they're just cool. They're like, nah, read the comics. Yeah, you know, yeah. Why this is weird. <laughs> oh well. So, 
That's also why uh, the last Godzilla movie didn't work. Yeah. They're like, why is Quicksilver boning his sister? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that actually was a plot thread in Ultimate uh, Avengers. What Quicksilver was burning Scarlet Witch? Yes. Yeah, they had an incense moment. An incest moment. Yeah. Incest moment. Yes. Because Game of Thrones was a thing. Ayo. <laughs> there you go. And it, so, I want to talk about the fact that in a week's time, this could make it or break it for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a yeah. whole. Because yes. I want to have two conversations. I want to like basically ask. How long is this meal, like gravy train, gonna keep going? Especially for all these people, because exactly. I, you can see people aging out of it. Yeah. And it's nice to know, like, it's like it's gonna be like the James Bond series. It's like it's still around. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All right. You know. I feel like this could have the longevity of James Bond. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, it actually. does need because a break. Definitely. So long as they keep getting good directors and decent people to play the. Uh, characters mm-hmm. and as long as you can at least find one year for a break before the onslaught happens yeah again. and yeah. they have the room to go really weird because I want to s- fast forward 10 years time when we have Mephisto on screen and people are like yeah, what's be going a good on now villain for him and, and onslaught too if the old X-Men thing works out nah I, like, I think it's well, not I, I, I just like want to see Devil Dinosaur I that's like, true I want that there we I go eat this there he still is pay money <laughs> to Devil <see>. Dinosaur <laughs> like literally eat this yeah, yeah. We, we're gonna lose money this, but we don't care because we have a lot more from the previous yeah. Avengers films I mean like if you want you know what my dream is like for the next Thor movie if they're ever gonna do one like he's in the Mojoverse <laughs> oh my god because, that would be like, so what, awesome what they were hinting at with like Ragnarok is yeah. like yeah it's I want to see more of this yeah. for some yeah. reason but also we saw the face of Beta Ray Bell on the tower so we know he exists somewhere mm, like, well maybe that'll be the wouldn't that be so funny to kill off uh, Hemsworth and they get a guy wearing a horse mask <laughs> <laughs> not, not even a good one but like those horse masks you see in memes yeah, yeah. In, in, a, in a fighting game conventions yeah. the horse mask yeah, yeah voice by Will Arnett <laughs> 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 only one depressing thought Movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for my daughter. Yeah. Hey, they're bittery. My life Bill. sucks. <laughs> what a hammer. I have a homeless friend as well, voiced by uh, yeah that guy from Breaking Bad. Aaron Paul. Brian Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay. So you want to round out your thoughts for Infinity War? Uh, I, we're gonna come in here a week from now, and either I'm gonna say I was blown away, or yeah, eh. that happened. <laughs> yeah. It's a real fifty-fifty here. And I really hope it's the former because cynical as we're coming out as some of us more than others mm-hmm. we don't want this to fail no nah, I want it to keep going we, yeah. we want to see a good movie like we're happy that we're getting tired of good superhero movies yeah like, it's, a, it's a good problem to have because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. imagine if we just had nothing but shite year after year after year i.e. the 90s yeah <laughs> 90s era films we don't want that anymore. Are you sure? Early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, there were still Kevin Smith's films and Quentin Tarantino films, but that's like all the shit that you're getting, honestly. I mean, 90s wasn't really a good time but for that's films. Every the de- whole but that's every decade in cinema. I don't know. There's 90% garbage and the 10% that floats to the top. I, I feel that the Whereas 80s had like 20% more or 30% more. Which is a small films. percentage compared to the greater scheme of things. Yeah, I guess so, so what I'm saying right now is that, okay the bar for mediocrity has actually gone down instead of going up yeah because okay. it's like yeah the worst movie is a Marvel movie there you go there you go yeah. it's like mm-hmm. okay fine 
But then again, like, will tastes develop over time? Because the thing Let's is, hope so. I'm sure they will. I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure there's a generation of children right now, or there's a, like like young adults or teenagers who's like your your top five movies, and they won't even drop like you know uh, a Francois Truffaut movie, or they won't drop a, a, a Godard. They'll be like, oh yeah, my favorite movies of all time, uh, Iron Man one, <laughs> Iron Man two. Yeah, I don't like Iron Man three. Uh, Thor two, no Thor three is the best, and then Avengers two. Yeah, that's what the best movies ever but made. I can I could bring up fifty year olds now. Who be like, you know, they wouldn't know with those names you just mentioned. Exactly. You know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, cinema is on this new path right now yeah. because the thing is, it's a business. It's like basically, I mean, even Stanley Kubrick cared about his box office receipts. Yeah. Like, he didn't make movies because he wanted to, like, you know, fillet his uh, artistic uh, court. He also wanted to, you know, pay off the, f- the mansion. And same, same with someone like Steven Spielberg. But oh also yeah. at the same time, it's like, at least they had the talent yeah. to kind of show you something like visually, uh, like you know, even with the audio, even with just composition and storytelling. Like, oh, okay, there you go. Like, you know, it's like watching a maestro at work. But we have talented directors now doing Marvel stuff. No, exactly. But I'm also saying is like they're doing Marvel stuff. It's like, but what about Creed Two? I'm really more interested in that. But oh, you wanna do this too? Sure. Yeah. We're not seeing I'm guessing it'll come definitely. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of holding out hope that that will so. happen. Because like the best thing about uh, cinema, especially now, is like, holy shit, the genre movie is so mainstream. Like something like The Shape of Water can win an Academy Award. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that used to be the summer blockbuster. That used to be the, the weird video at the back of the video. Yeah, in the 90s, it would be like, like that, direct-to-DVD thing. That's the yeah. independent movie that nobody pays attention to. Yep. You know, And it's like, yeah, we, we've, we've, come, we've come a long way. Well, I can't wait to see Castle happy Freak for 2 too. becomes an Academy Award winner. Castle Freak 2? Yeah. <laughs> With some <laughs> dong ripping. Oh, my God. Nice reference there, Castle Freak. Yep. Well done, sir. <laughs> well, on that note... I have been Eccentric Tom. <laughs> this is Mr. Toffee. And this is us uh, on our final leg on the road to infinity. The road, the road to, to infinity. infinity war. Okay, signing out. And there came a day unlike any other, where Earth's mightiest heroes were united against a common threat. On that day, the Avengers were born to fight the foes no single hero could withstand. Gay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the record, I did not write this line. Of at course all. not. <laughs> Mine would be even more corny. Brilliant prose from Mr. Stan. Uh, Stan yeah, especially the part where you said Earth's mightiest heroes. You're Earth. like a reverse. Earth. <laughs> you're a reverse Will Smith. You're going oh, to try that again? Okay, okay, let's go. Okay. Or is that the take? <laughs> That's the take. There we go. That's okay. the take. Hi, welcome to another episode <laughs> of The Road to Infinity War. <laughs> okay.